0: Hey, are you aware of the Pamela Anderson Vohr video? Welcome to the 2000s. I hate this town. I hate this fucking town. I don't even want to be in
1: this town. I know gonna leave this town. Couldn't take this town, You know this town must run its mouth. This fucking town. We can leave this town. I'm walking on the grass and I've never seen this town. She's got dreams too big for this town.
2: Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop-punk and emo-pop retrospective. I am, as always, not friend with Scott Colton, and with me, an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck to go on national television and go into business for ourselves.
0: I mean, I guess that's one way to describe me
2: being in my unemployed ronin arc. Hi, Sybil Arnett. Today we're talking about Dashboard Confessional. Fucking Chris Carabba. Which is even like we have arch nemesis, arch nemesis, plural, um, like you know the dude from SR seventy one and shit. But the problem with Chris Caraba is that he is in- inexplicably successful. Like the dude has multiple gold records, and I don't know why. Like we one of our nemesis, our our um, our cue is uh, Tom DeLonge. But a lift Blink is good!
0: <laughs> also, I like describing him as our Q. That's still incredibly funny to that,
2: me. That, that, that's from you. That's, uh, that you made that up.
0: Which, I think I said uh, that I, before I Picard
2: Season 2 came out, which is even funnier in hindsight. But here's the thing. a lift Blink is good? For how much we can make fun of Tom DeLonge and think that he is not a particularly engaging singer, Chris Carabba is not... There's no... Nothing! Nothing that I could see... Being good in any of this record of this that we've talked about.
0: Don't worry. We have words from a lot of Dashboard Confessional fans thanks to Genius that will help us explain.
2: I'm afraid. It's scary. It's scary to know that there's so many people who love this shit. This is... This album is... It's bad. This... This is a bad album. And the good parts are... Now, Chris Caraba, there's some good guitars in a couple of songs. That's it. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Dashboard Confessional, a, a lighter, a map, and uh, I What's the name? A the mark, record? a
0: mission, a brand, a scar.
2: A mark, a mission, a brand, a scar.
0: Basically, just start thinking of Full Metal Alchemist, and that'll give you all of them.
2: I... Last time I watched Full Metal Alchemist, I was 14. It wasn't even the Brotherhood version, it was the original one. You could still get all four of those items. It's the one that it ends with uh, the discovery that uh, the Alchemists caused World War II in a parallel dimension.
0: Yeah, I know, I, I still find that to be one of the most amazing things ever, is that they just went, suddenly, Nazis, the, the literal ones.
2: Uh, but yes, we're talking about Dashboard Confessional, and I don't care. This record is bad. Um, I'd i rather wish that we'd, we'd be talking about CM Punk Media Scrum, which was hilarious. Well,
0: tell you what. Every time you need a break between tracks, we can bring up some of that.
2: The best tweet that I've seen about it is like, Look, I love CM Punk, but beefing with Hangman Adam Page is like beefing with a Golden Retriever. You don't beef with a Golden Retriever. I'm <laughs> your <laughs> Now, do, we, do you want to talk to us about the small bit of history between the last Dashboard Confessional record and this Dashboard Confessional record?
0: Absolutely. Last time we left Dashboard Confessional, Chris Caraba had left Further Seems Forever for this, his solo project, and found great success because the video for Screaming Infidelities won the MTV2 Music Video Award. It didn't win a real MTV Music Video Award because... Even in 2003, with the music video on the decline, everyone had something better than a guy strumming a guitar against a white wall. So in 2003, Karaba will go back to the Dashboard Confessional Project for their sophomore album, this time joined by John Lefter on piano, Scott Schoenbeck on bass, and Mike Marsh, the only recurring member still playing the drums.
2: Aside from Karaba, of course. What? Yes.
0: Karaba recorded a bunch of demos on an eight-track recorder before releasing this record. Twelve of those were then studio-recorded with the band, while Ghost of a Good Thing was apparently put on record as... It. Is that serious? hmm I joke about that in my notes. Oh my god. It's
2: literally a demo. It's literally a demo, then they went, like, Perfect. <laughs> We don't need to do anything
0: I, about it. I literally have a note that says this feels like an unfinished demo. You're, wow. It's lit, It's literally an unfinished demo. You are correct. Oh my god. Okay. You've rendered me speechless for a moment. A mark, a mission, a brand, a scar, debuts at number two on the Billboard 200 chart and sells 122k copies in its first week. It will later be certified gold by the Recording Industry of America, and it has shipped over 500,000 copies in the United States. Similarly, Hands Down appears on a Best of Emo Songs list by Vulture that we should probably cover as a bonus episode sometime for a laugh.
2: We have a lot of things to cover as a bonus episode. Anyhow, this is to say Chris Caraba is inexplicably successful. I don't get it. This album This album is terrible. That's not what genius says. Uh, we're on a, we were on a good streak. We did Vendetta Red. We did Ocean Avenue, which I was middling on, but it was a pleasant record. We did Thursday, which was so good. And now we're back back. Why? This is all Alex's fault. We were going to do Billy Talent this week. This <laughs> is all Alex's fault. Alex, if you're listening, this is your fault. I promise I'm I'll stop be upbeat. At my I'm pointing at my screen. It's your fault. We were supposed to do Billy Talent today, but our guest had a throat infection, which get better, but still. How, it's your fault.
0: how about we leave Billy Talent alone and we go on to Chrissy
2: Talent? <sighs> okay, let's talk about this record. I have such sights to show you. No, you don't. This album is dog shit. I am not... I try to not be this critical, usually. There's... there's barely anything good that I can find in this album. I think Chris Carabba is an incredibly... bad, like, unpleasant to listen to weird-voiced singer. His songwriting is some of the most, like, unappealing, like, sort of incel pickup lines ever. I don't know what's good in this album. There are a couple of good, like, folk guitar parts, I guess, throughout the record. But everything is in service of this fucking horrible, mediocre singing, songwriting, song with, like, one of the most off-putting voices ever. I am... (laughs) I really don't like this
0: record. Hey, have we discussed his cover album?
2: Oh no, I don't know that- what?
0: Chris Carrabba's first official release as a solo artist is an album of covers called Covered in the Flood. It was exclusively sold during his solo US tour in 2011, and it includes covers of Big Star, The Long Winters, Dandy Warhols, R.E.M., and The Replacements. God.
2: Ariam being covered by Chris Caraba must be one of the most painful experiences ever. Oh, oh, I could make it better.
0: Okay. It, it's a cover of It's the End of the World as We Know It, and it's six and a half minutes long.
2: I like that song! I, I don't want to hear it covered by this dude. The fucking Suicide Machine have a great cover of The End of the World as We Know It. Reminder!
0: The album version of that track is four minutes.
2: The Suicide Machine cover of that song is three
0: minutes. (laughs) Yeah, there's a single cut that's only (laughs) 3.30. Just chew on that. We should should absolutely visit this album sometime, if we really just need to get our hate on.
2: Yeah, I don't like hate, though.
0: (laughs) All right, I'm just saying. Okay, can we... Yeah. Okay. I, 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 let's talk about hands down we're doing nothing at all Overwhelmingly, the most enduring and popular song to come out of the emo genre, Chris Caraba's upbeat, palm-muted ode to teenage love continues to give a voice to young lovers everywhere. It is infused with the magic, the holiness of everyday objects and situations. Caraba has explained the influence for the song is based on the best day of his life. The hit song showcases the impressive storytelling abilities of Caraba and, ultimately, his songwriting skills.
2: So he sounds like he's eating cereal in the song. Ah. He sounds like he's talking with his mouth full in the first two songs. I don't know why. No, no, no. He's, he's palm muted,
0: if you uh, listen to the description.
2: I don't know what that means.
0: I think it means he's singing through his hand. Okay. Um.
2: That's done. It's the only way I can read that. The album opens with some not terrible tracks. I think this is not bad. I think I like that the, the the song actually has a band and some backing. This feels like a like a, a shitty uh, Get Up Kids B side. It's like wh- a, a song that was like not good enough for the Get Up Kids, but they threw it on the B side. This feels like that, which is not bad. I like the Get Up Kids. There's there's a there's a bit more energy. There are a couple of um. There are a couple of catchy bits, I think either in the verse or in the chorus there's this bit where it goes My hopes are high, your kiss might kill me, which has a, some kind of catchiness and that kind of fallout boy, nonsensical songwriting that's fairly appealing um, But... So the first half of this song is fine It's a fine emo song, I don't have a lot to say, say against about it aside from Chris Caraba is not a great songwriter, I'm sorry the bridge at the end is unbearable. Chris Caraba keeps doing on this record this thing where he goes into a known melody, like it goes into a bridge where he keeps screaming in this atonal, rhythmic way, where there's just like there's no melody. It's usually like two notes that he's screaming, and it's unfucking bearable. It's not even good at screaming because all of his screams are super muted. He doesn't again. He keeps sounding like he's eating cereal in this. So this is half of a good song. Um if the record was better I could excuse the fact that the ending of the song, the, the bridge at the end, is incredibly unbearable. But this isn't a better album. This is one of the heights on the record, so it is what it is. I do think that because Caraba singing is almost spoken word in a lot of places of the record. I like when there's more of a rock band sound to it, because when where the vocal melody doesn't give a flow, a melody to the song, you at least have something in the guitar and the drum sort of like giving that kind of rhythm, giving that kind of groove. They needed more of that. They needed, um, uh, uh, honestly, they needed a drummer that goes harder. I don't think the drum is bad in that it's not badly played. I think it's aesthetically not what this record needed. Samuel <laughs> do you have anything on this song?
0: Oh, of course I do. I'm gonna have a lot to say about this album, and it's all fun. Under a minute in, we're being asked to kill the narrator, and I was tempted. You say this sounds like it's more rock-inspired. I have notes that there's just very basic guitar work going on this track.
2: But but there is guitar work, is my thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unlike the previous record. (laughs) Well, here's the thing.
0: Discovering that they literally put a demo on this later, which is just his vocals and a little bit of drumming, is very explanatory now, but it's interesting that... I think some of the middle of this album is going to be a production disaster, which kind of explains why they go so minimalist a lot of the time. Who's the producer here? It was produced by Gil Norton and Chris Caraba.
2: What has Gil Norton did before?
0: Uh, Gil Norton has worked with a lot of bands that the pair of us enjoy. Uh, They do a lot of alt-rock things, Pixies, Echo and the Bunnymen, Foo Fighters, Jimmy Eat World... Feeder. Okay.
2: Yeah. So Chris Carabba is at fault here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, in recent years they've worked with Band of Skulls, Intergalactic Lovers,
2: Higher Power, AFI. Remember when Band of Skulls was a thing? Yeah. And then everyone stopped caring about them? <laughs> I mean, they released that one record that everyone fucking loved and like, music review and shit, and then they released like like three more records, and er- no one fucking cared. <laughs> you didn't read about them anymore
0: also good news uh in a few albums, it seems like based on this time scale, we do have more Jimmy Eat World produced
2: by the same guy I mean, I am looking forward to what is the name? like from future futures. futures. Futures is not as good, I I'm I actually ended up listening to the record. It's not as good as I feel the previous two records, but it's still, like, pretty good. Like, Pain, the single from that record, is, like, a great rock song.
0: Oh, hey, I found something that's instantly going to make you turn on Gil Norton. Okay. He was the producer on SR-71's Now You See Inside. <laughs>
2: Well, you don't always <laughs> but a thousand. I, I knew that say. that was
0: instantly going to get you to do a 180.
2: <laughs> I mean, I did fine. You cannot, you can't save SR-71 with production. They just suck.
0: <laughs> That's true.
2: So, I have to point out,
0: every single line on this record is annotated by fans my favorite bit is that most of these annotations come with illustrations, in case you didn't know what some of these things are.
2: Oh, they have like wiki how illustrations. Yeah. I love this. But they is so dumb. Oh yeah. But there's
0: one. I'm gonna try and limit it to only the most bonkers. And so I have to point out the second verse has this annotation, which is So two thousands, and I'm going to read it the way it is emphasized, with ellipses, with italics, everything. The verse is, the words are hushed, let's not get busted, just lay entwined here, undiscovered. Safe in here from all the stupid questions. Hey, did you get some? Man, that is so dumb. Stay quiet, stay near, stay close, they can't hear, so we can get some. Here is the annotation. Every couple feels like their relationship, their couple, is different from the rest of those bozos. And maybe they're right. Remember what Corey Matthews said in Boy Meets World? Every statistic that you throw about me is going to be about other people. I don't care about other people, okay? I care about you and me. If every marriage failed except one, I guarantee you that one would be ours. Here, the young lovers escape the prying eyes and questions of their peers who don't know about love and just aren't as damn enlightened, you know? But, of course, even though asking about it is crude, they're just kids. What'd you think was gonna happen?
2: I i was wrong. I don't think Chris Caraba is the joker of pop-punk. Whoever wrote these annotations is the joker of pop-punk. Ellie! Can you, can you please read the one on the chorus? Okay. Which is, my hopes are so high that your kiss might kill me. Which is a really simple line. It's a bit nonsensical, but it's a fine line. It's a fine piece of lyrics. Can you please read me what the fucking annotation is on that line? Ellie. Ellie. Bruce. And I'm turning into a fucking, like, rage YouTuber now. Because Ellie. I'm exasperated by this annotation.
0: <laughs> Ellie, there's three different annotations on the chorus throughout the song. Read me the Buddha one. I su- I knew that's the one you meant, but I have to tell you, this is a trap. This is a trap for us. This is made to murder us.
2: <laughs> I I guess. I can't look away, and yet I'm extremely upset.
0: There's also a commentary here on expectations. As Seattle rapper Macklemore noted in his song Vipassana, paraphrasing Buddhist teachings, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. What this means is your high hopes are a disappointment waiting to happen. It might kill you, because the future isn't guaranteed. And likewise, dwelling on the past is useless, because it's gone and irretrievable. So you should open up to whatever is coming. That's what Chris does here, offering his heart to the girl in the song. But also to the path ahead.
2: I don't know what thrill anymore, Fibble. This is so good. This.
0: Do you Different. know why I've been excited for this episode? It's because we have an album that is so bland and banal that it would normally just be hard to discuss. But this album has such fans that we are just in Valhalla.
2: We have no Look, gone. I don't think it. I don't think it's fans plural. I think this is a single unhinged person who did
0: this. Let's find out. I, I think can check. this
2: is our Joker. This is our actual Joker. here.
0: Uh yes. Every single one of these is by who has ninety-seven thousand nine hundred seventy-four edits on Genius. With all this done. It takes us into the most aptly named title of the record, Rapid Hope Loss.
2: video by the way I I didn't watch the videos I'm sorry that's okay I'll give you a brief summary
0: uh, until he speaks it is just zooming out past happy couples over and over and then the band appears and then whenever he's not talking we return to that zoom thing where we're zooming out through photos or across the hallway in an apartment building or whatever and uh, everyone keeps flipping pictures of this dude over and fucking other people because he's that depressing, which is
2: really funny. I mean, they have an aesthetic at least. And
0: finally, the last bit of it takes place with Hollywood, and then it becomes Shittier Black Sun by Death Cab for Cutie.
2: Okay. I mean, this, this whole band is basically Shittier Death Cab for Cutie. And I don't even like that Cup for Cutie better better than this. I thought that Cup for Cutie had like some sort of uncomfortable insult vibes that make made me not really like them. And then this is like, okay, no, these are the insults. Hmm. Yeah, no, Rapid Hope Floss is maybe my favorite song of the record. It actually has some guitars and some drums that it sounds like a song. Like it has a chorus. That's mildly catchy. This, if if another band played this song again with more pronounced drums, like a better singer, I could like the song. This is fine. I haven't looked at the lyrics on this one specifically, but I'm sure they're great. <laughs> but no, this is like the problem is that Karabba is such an anemic singer. His monotone. He does this weird thing with the voice where he screams, but can't. It's incredible. And in this song, it still sounds like he's eating cereal while he's singing, which doesn't make it better. It will stop as the record goes by, and he does other incredible party tricks with his voice. I don't know. This is not a terrible song. The chorus is actually sort of cute. It's sort of catchy. This is the... Oh, see, I thought the sign. chorus was an incredibly
0: damning critique of the band. How so? I guess that all you've got is all you're going to get so much for so much more. I mean, yeah. When yeah. I was expecting them to improve from first record to second record, hey, guess what? You're still getting Dashboard Confessional, man.
2: I mean, the two songs are an improvement. I I don't hate the first two songs. Everything else on the record is, like, <laughs> not an improvement. This, I, I don't hate the song. I don't have anything particularly good to say about it, except it has a solid chorus. There's no infuriating bit, like in the first song, where the the bridge just was unbearable. This is fine. I wish they had a better singer and or a hard, a drummer that goes harder on the song.
0: I'm actually not sure what I would give my top three songs on this album. I think Bend and Not Break gets to end up there, because... It has a lot of vocalist segments, and the drummer's not bad on it. But it's
2: also mixed like shit with all the instruments fighting for volume. Uh, this one is the probably my favorite song on the record. Then it's Am I Missing, which is an okay folk tune, even though there's many problems with that song. Um, but the, it's like a decently built, like, folkish track. It's a little acoustic song, it's fine. Uh, and the third one is Hands Down. And then I... And then it's shit all the way down.
0: I also want to point out A. uh, Excellent genius annotation. Which is, on the chorus, Chris is probably saying that you'd better be content with what you currently have, especially in relationships, rather than hoping for so much more from the other person, only to be let down when the other person fails to meet all the dreams you had about your relationship. This is a Legitimately okay,
2: point expressed in the worst way possible. I mean, genius annotation is the worst medium to express anything, to be fair. Next up is As Lovers Go. Well, my my, my first note is, oh no. Oh yeah, this is a very
0: oh no track.
2: Yeah. So here is where we get to, we return to what Dashboard Confessional was in the last record, which is fucking unbearable, unbearable. Soy slash incel, somehow they managed to be both things, despite those things in the internet being two political opposites. Um, love songs, question mark? Yearning slash love songs, from like the most loser point of view ever, and I'm speaking as someone who's like full femcel era right now. But I'm still, like, impressed. But how fucking pathetic the songs get.
0: <laughs> I'll belong to you if you just let me through is a single line with so much desperation in it.
2: To quote my one of my notes, one of the least attractive love songs ever. This is easy as lovers go, so
0: don't complicate it by hesitating. And this is as wonderful as loving goes. This is tailor-made, what's the sense in waiting? There's a key change! <laughs> That's the good thing that I can say about this. There's a key change. My favorite part about it is the chorus is just saying, hey, I'm so desperate. I'll be whatever you want. But it's the verses between the chorus that just keep dropping lines that are such amazing red flags. For so long, I thought I was asylum bound, but just seeing you makes me think twice. Or my favorite line of the song but are you brave enough to leave with me tonight (laughs) that is what a serial killer says to try and get their mark weeded out at the last second that is what a scammer says before telling you about this amazing new crypto opportunity
2: okay but there's a key change (gasps) that means that there's emotion (laughs) the key change means emotion (laughs)
0: I also love, we have to give the best genius annotation of the song, that asylum-bound lyric has someone take it even more literally than I do, which, a reminder, the whole lyric is, For so long I thought I was asylum-bound, but just seeing you makes me think twice, and being with you here makes me sane. This is interpreted as, He was diagnosed as insane, possibly suicidal, and was going to be sent to an asylum. However, this girl has made him think twice and brought him back to sanity.
2: Ah, I don't know what a metaphor is, (laughs) interpretation.
0: Yes, there is also one final bonus I have for you. The description of the song is, it is a song about the ups and downs of love. The song also popularity because it was on the soundtrack of the movie Shrek 2. (laughs) The song also <laughs> popularity, Ellie. I do I
2: need to make a joke about that? That's just like incredibly funny by itself. Yeah. Let me see what else was on the Shrek 2 soundtrack. I mean Believer wasn't that or was that Shrek 1? I think
0: Believer was one. Okay, so A, I just learned that um there are multiple soundtrack CDs for Shrek 2, one of which is Shrek 2 the Motion Picture Soundtrack. And the other of which is Shrek 2 Party CD, which has six tracks from the ending sequence and six karaoke versions of those tracks. So if you wanted the characters singing, if you wanted Eddie Murphy as Donkey singing Disco Inferno and a karaoke version,
2: that's here. That was made. Uh, 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 uh yes yes it was all of this thing exists and I still can't get a Thursday whoopee cushion which is the the cruelty of the universe to be honest I'm sorry I didn't know that
0: this movie contained a dashboard confessional remix the eels Tom Waits and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds What <laughs> the fuck? It also has The Counting Crows and David Bowie. I'm sorry, Ben Folds' Rocking the Suburbs was used in one of the trailers for the film, but was not included on the soundtrack nor in the movie, but eventually was used in a different DreamWorks film? I'm learning a lot right now.
2: I feel like we're every time we, we encounter this shit, I feel like we're going through like a Souls-like game, and we found an enlightening item description that reveals more about the lore of the two thousand. That would explain the song also popularity. You 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 don't play dark souls, so you don't wouldn't get this. That's fine. Also, I've played almost all of them. Yeah, but you haven't played them. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I beat them. Yeah, but have you? Yes. Really? Have you really? Have you spent hours watching lore videos? No, Christ no. no. Yeah, that doesn't count.
0: (laughs) You are never going to get me to watch lore videos for anything. The next track is Carry This Printer. I mean, picture.
2: Have you you watched all of the videos about out-of-bound things and cat content? No, I
0: just go to the place they're all ripping off for that. The cutting room floor. I don't need a one-hour video trying to squeeze it out of two pages.
2: Well, then you you clearly don't get Dark Souls. Only only people with high IQ, IQ get Dark Souls. I don't remember the Rick and Marty copypasta, but pretend that I've recited that.
1: Meet me at quarter to seven The sun will still shine then At this time of year We'll head to the inlet And we'll share a bar color the coast with a smile it's the most genuine thing i've
2: ever seen i was so lost but now i believe there's a big problem about this song that i don't know what the fuck is the picture the dude is trying to give me is it is incredibly funny the big pro- like the, the 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 whole point of the song is Chris Caraba is sitting near me. I think we're near a river. It's awful, awful thought. Uh, and he's trying to give me a picture. And he's telling me, keep this picture near you. Keep it always with you. It will protect you. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't know what this picture is or what this means. He
0: does not describe the picture at all. It is just this picture the whole track long.
2: The Nickelback, when they talked about the photograph in the song Photograph, described it more than Chris Carabba describes the picture in this song. It's incredibly, it's incredibly funny to me because, and this will require a bit of a background. So I come from the south of Italy. Mm-hmm. The south of Italy is a place that has very, um, fairly religious, but in a weird way, in that. We're fairly religious and fairly, like, Catholic in a way that the Vatican wouldn't necessarily approve of. We have little tradition and subcults and a lot of stuff that comes from um, just the country itself. One of those things is a, like, this friar who lived so much time time ago, who was called Padre Pio, Father Pio, who somehow became a figure of uh, worship, in our, uh, in our like, bit of Italy, which is definitely not a, like the kind of worship that we that people in my in my bit of the country give to this this uh, this deceased friar from so long ago, mm-hmm. it's an it's a incredibly not approved by the Vatican. But that's just like our culture and our religion, and it's the thing, especially amongst old people. It's like they keep like a little picture of the dude, like a little painting picture of the dude. Uh, generally like framed or like with them, it's almost like a good luck So in my hair, in my head, this is just a little picture of Padre Pio that uh, Chris Carabba is trying to give me, which is incredibly funny if you're specifically from the south of Italy. You wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, It. isn't. Given that I'm explaining all of this background on what this is and it's a thing especially popular again, amongst old people, um it wouldn't make sense to most people listening to this. But to me, like imagining Chris Caraba just trying to hand me a little Padre Pio like little photograph is the funniest thing in the world. And that is the contribution that I can give talking about this song.
0: I also was thinking about what the photograph was, but I just keep thinking of an old TF2 shit post where it is an edit of Nickelback's photograph where th- the lyrics are just simply "Every time I do it, makes me laugh," and an auto-tuned "Ha ha 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 ha" instead of the actual song. The spy drops the photograph the whole time, and then you see the sp- the scout dead on the ground, and it's just next to Dick Butt, which is so completely juvenile that
2: I love it. I mean, dick Butter is great. Yeah. Casey
0: Green, secret mastermind of internet memes. Whether he likes it or not.
2: Also, there's a really weird guitar in the song. Have we talked about how weird the guitar is on the song?
0: Uh, it goes acoustic, so this has real irritating guy at a party with a guitar vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it is nothing but...
2: Dun, 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 dun. To, again, to talk about... Um... The incredible, like, seductive abilities of uh, Chris Carabba, the best thing, like, of course, as most of the songs on this record, this song is about telling a woman how beautiful she is, and that she su- should sleep with Chris Carabba. Um, the the most positive thing this dude says about this person is that her smile is genuine. Mm-hmm. It's not even a nice smile, it's just, like, genuine. It's like, oh, you're not faking your smile. That's the biggest compliment the dude manages to give her throughout the whole song.
0: Hey, babe, you don't have Hollywood teeth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't get why people were into this shit. I don't get it. Again, I'm in my Femsel You just need to tell me that I'm pretty and I will literally, like, fall over you. This doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. So... <laughs>
0: I want you to know this song is so nothing that even on an album as annotated as this, there is only a single annotation. Okay, is it a good one? It was created 30 days ago. And it is talking about south of the big docks where the rich men hire our fathers to steer. And it is a comparison to A Netflix show or Dawson's Creek about how this track must be about the kids from the town, not the rich ones who come in from the summer. That's it. That's the entire thing.
2: Sure, 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 dude. That's all
0: anyone could say about this.
2: Look at the next song.
0: Oh, no, no. no. I I have to at least call out one extra line, which is, I'll give you this picture. Keep it and don't be scared for more serial killer vibes. Okay, let's
2: go to the next song.
0: Bend and not break. of my top three
2: songs on this record. Yeah, I don't have a lot of bad to say about this one. This is uh, mediocre. It made me laugh that one of the lines is I am fairly agile. I bend and not break, which just made me think about agile development. Ugh I am fairly agile. I I do all of the tasks that are on the little cardboard thingies. I studied Agile Development in universe. I remember fuck all about it. I remember that there's, like, little post-its? Did you ever study Bioware's sandcastle approach?
0: <coughs> oh, the Bioware magic? Yeah, it's where you pile a bunch of sand together and eventually the Bioware magic happens and then you have a castle.
2: The TV show Castle with Nathan fillion is that how it, that show was made? That does explain Anthem. Do we have some, anything to say about this thing? This is, like, incredibly mediocre.
0: Ellie, I have something to say about every one of these tracks.
2: Oh, joy!
0: So, uh, probably one of the reasons I like this most is that this has a long intro. It's a five-minute song. It's the second longest on the record. But these tracks are a lot better when nobody is singing. The vocals are what kills this. The drummer's not bad. It's mixed like shit by the middle of the track, because the guitar and the drums and the bass are all fighting for volume. But... When it's in the opening, it's just a bit of strumming and the drummer just kind of having a jam session. Pretty good. Love it. That said, this is another case of the lyrics really sounding less romantic and more like someone wants to wear me as a skin suit.
2: So, won't you hold me now? I will not brand. I will not break. Won't you hold me now? I will not bend. I will not break. I am fairly agile. I can bend and not break, or I can break and take it with a smile. I am so resilient. I recover quickly. I'll convince you soon that I'm fine. No, no, I'm
0: sorry. This is the opening of this track. After all the goodwill of the long intro, this is the very first thing. I catalog these steps now, decisive and intentioned, precise and patterned specifically to yours. I'm talented at breathing, especially exhaling, so that my chest will rise and fall with yours. I'm careful not to wake you, fearing conversation. It's better just to hold you and keep you pacified. I'm talented with reason. I cover all the angles. I can fail before I ever try. I could not find any... My man was not allowed to be in a room with women's stories. Or... P. right. Infill songs. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just kind of wild that way because, yeah, you would usually expect something like this to be warning signs, but no, it's just my brand is the song that the guy who decides that he will make shoes out of you will listen to <laughs> and whistle at the grocery <laughs> store.
2: Uh, next song
0: Ghost of a Good Thing.
1: it's luck, but it's the same. Hard luck you've been trying to tame. Maybe it's love, but it's like you said. Love is like a role that we play. But I believe in you so much.
2: This is the one that's... It's, it's a demo... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they literally dropped the demo on us. Okay. I have
0: to make this wilder for you cuz this track has branding from their best of album. They are
2: proud of this song. There's a bit where the dude goes out of tune and now it makes and I thought it was like intentional because like, you know, it makes the song rawer and it makes it sound better. Now that I know that it's a demo, I think the dude just went out of tune because you know he ca- didn't care. It was recording a demo, and I just left it in. It, uh, it can. I'm not an absolutist here. It can work to do a bit out of tune to be like emo, like there's the joke that like the best emo songs are a guy who can't sing who's really really sad. I mean th- th- this song is nothing special. It keeps saying "I believe in you," which just makes me think that it's singing about Santa Claus. And uh, this is a hookless, this is hookless, this is a black hole of boringness. There's a couple of interesting imagery, there's a couple of interesting lines on the song, but the problem is that the whole point of the song is, I really like you, but you are wasting your life not liking me back, which is just a really boring place where to take the whole song. There's a couple of good lines again. Musically this is nothing. Lyrically there's a couple of couple of good imagery, but like it doesn't come together to do anything except being the most most boring take on the subject ever. And then near the end, he does the thing with his voice. So far, he did two things with his voice. He does the whisper, where he sings very quietly, and he does the scream which is not really a scream, because it has cereal in his mouth, so he can't really scream, otherwise he will spit out all of the cereal, but it attempts a scream. Here, he unlocks a third-party trick with his voice, which is neither screaming nor whispering, and it's doing this thing where it basically sounds like a little children trying to imitate an adult voice, like trying to put on a deeper, rougher voice. And he does this when he's almost screaming, when it's not quite where he's screaming, but he's trying to sound harder. And it's incredible. You can, uh, If you have the song open, Sybil, just go at 2 minutes 30, and there is the thing that he does with his voice, and I find it, like, one of the... one of the most... one of the worst, like, vocal things we've ever listened on this podcast. It just, it's just... sort of funny, but also sort of baffling that this ended up on a record.
0: Yeah, this is Baby transmask voice.
2: You're not wrong, <laughs> but you shouldn't
0: say it. I got to put I got to put more I got to put more chest into this cuz otherwise people aren't going to take me seriously. It's incredibly funny to me that this is a track he felt so strongly about that it needed no notes. Ready to go, good for prime time.
2: Just, just, put it on the record
0: as it is. I. This is the most whisper of a track. It is the ghost of a song. I find it hard to say anything. My jokes became reality about this. The next track is "Am I Missing," which is a question you should always ask yourself as the leader of a band.
2: One of the songs that I don't hate on this, it's just, it has a nice tune. It's like a little nice acoustic song.
0: Really? Because my first note is, oh, wow, we turned all the sliders to nine on this out the gate. It's a muddled mess.
2: It is, but I think it's more interesting than the rest of the record. Um, the, okay, so the main problem of the song is the singer, because he does the, the putting on a, a, a weird voice thing that we talked in the last song throughout the song. He just sings the whole song like that, and it's... baffling. But I like the... I like the... I don't think this is a bad breakup song, I'll be honest. This is a breakup song, and I think the dude works better when he's breaking up with someone, in a... mildly but not excessively petty way, than when he's trying to make you like him. I do like the... The fighting, like, vocals plus backing vocals. There's a nice chorus saying, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home. This is a decently written little folk breakup song. Sharp disaster. It happens with, like, this really aggressive, like, Sharp Disaster in a Fresh New Coma, which is actually a good line. Yeah, it has this very striking chorus where the main vocals and the backing vocals are sort of, like, alternating. If you got a better singer on this that wasn't doing the weird voice, I may read. I may quite like this song as it is. It's still fine. It's still acceptable. So here's the thing:
0: it's just over four minutes, but it is two verses over and over. Sharp disaster and a fresh new coma. Verse one, and it is repeated three times, and then it's the chorus over and over and over and over between them. See,
2: those. I, don't mind, that. I don't mind. I don't mind that because I like that chorus. I think it has almost like a. Sort of this chill, atmospheric vibe to it, which is not really what they're going for because Chris Carrabba's voice is unbearable. But I like it in concept, and I like that the chorus is so long. I think it's like an interesting vibe that the song has. This song sounds to me like a, a decent, like maybe a B-side, but like a Jimmy word like um, like Clarity uh, Table for Glasses era. This sounds like something that... Uh, the big problem is Caraba. Caraba is unbearable to me. But if you had, like, a better singer, like if you had uh, from Jimmy war than this, this would, I think this would be a good song. See,
0: I think that if you changed vocalists on this, you just end up with an sr 71 track.
2: That You're just making... You're just taking the piss now. No, <laughs> that, no, no that's, I'm no, serious. this doesn't that's sound anything only... like SR-71. This is like a... Quiet, that is the only way quiet, I can imagine this being ballad. produced. <laughs> it's a quiet, folky ballad based on repetition. How? How I, are you thinking I of... imagine...
0: I imagine all of this being sung in the method of all fall
2: down off one of their okay, last Okay, but albums. that's you, like, imagining things.
0: I stand by, this is what bad SR-71 sounds like. No,
2: out. this is what bad Genie at work sounds like. This is bad Just Watch the Fireworks okay
0: okay that's a better case i'm just saying my brain only reads the call and response part of this as all fall down from src i think we should move on (laughs) okay next up morning calls
2: Why is this record so long? is my first note. I like emo ballads, generally, but this is a whole record full of the worst emo ballads I've ever heard. This is so fucking atonal. God. And the guitar player just ends the song by playing a bit from Brian May, because he also was barred. Those are all my notes on this. Have you noticed the bit at the end with the guitar just being like, yeah, I'm gonna play a bit of Quinn now. I'm gonna entertain myself. Just like at the end.
0: I did and I was also convinced that the closing loop that he keeps screaming was pee yourselves over and over.
2: (laughs) Are there any interesting lyrics aside from your misheard lyrics in this one? Uh,
0: This is the one where he tries doing actual emo lyrics, but it doesn't work well morning calls for pain relief a line above the step beneath the worst that you could do and the best that you could hope for is hardly the best tepid water chase the pills with turpentine and chamomile
2: and don't get cheap with the wine you need to be up all the time (laughs) oh i remember this i remember this yeah not good not good very dense but not in a positive way very dense, but also like sort of silly when you read them, which is a lot of dashboard confession. This was the point
0: where I started having to play the JRPG again, and this was more painful than the two-person party in Hell segment—literally hell.
2: I mean, I at some point I watched—I uh, was recommending Kaiji to a friend today, and I watched the bit where he gets his ear fucked up, and it's like, oh, that must be nice. Yeah, you would be able to, re- to listen to less of Dashboard Confessional if that happened to you. By the way, watch Kaiji. Oh uh, yeah, Kaiji is excellent. People, not you. I know I know, I know, know. you watch Kaiji, people who listen to us. Watch Kaiji. It's an incredibly good anime. <laughs> it's about capitalism being bad and gambling.
0: I was going to say, the, the white person way to sum it up is, it is Squid Game before Squid Game existed.
2: Yeah, it's Squid Game with more Zawa. Yes. Zawa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyhow yeah this track is uh very angry making and the most entertaining part of it was when i thought he was just screaming pee yourselves because it's like sure that's what this dude is into but that's not a shock <laughs> it is not it is be
2: yourselves but sable will accept any kink except peeing she draws the line at peeing
0: Sybil will accept peeing for the right price. <laughs> Next up is Carve Your Heart Out Yourself.
1: Carve your heart out yourself Hopelessness is your self. Since you've drawn out these lines Are you protected from giant times? Man, it takes a Girl, lie about the Lord, it takes a one to wish that she had never all
2: oh, love, This brings out a, a question. Is this song about Kingdom Hearts and does Chris Caraba has an heartless? Yes, definitely. W- which means which means he also has a nobody and it's called Bar- Barbatza. Barbaxa, would you see? <laughs> barbaxa. And that's the most interesting thing that I figured out from this song that Chris Caramba's No <laughs> would be called Barbaxa. <laughs> Aside from that, this like the most mediocre folk song you'll ever listen uh,
0: It's pretty bad. It's a song that is so against hope, it might as well be a and Rampa plot. Because he's really just ragging on Oh, how dare you think hope is good. But the line It takes a silly girl to lie about the dream she has but lord it takes a lonely one to wish that she had never dreamt at all. I get that what he's going for is to say Oh no, you, you are too hard on yourself. You're the one making yourself miserable. But also by saying you can't get rid of me I'm here forever 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 as the end of the track really doesn't convey the support you want on a track called Carve Your Heart Out Yourself
2: sorry I was reading some of the Your Music review because I realized I haven't looked at the Your Music for this record okay Uh, and one of the comments is great it's like you're laughing Chris is pouring his heart out about some girl and you're laughing (laughs) Yes, quite literally <laughs> uh, oh, I am, and I'm not going to pretend otherwise Next song? I don't think we I have anything with like this It's really mediocre
0: I mean, we're only going to find more mediocre on So Beautiful
1: I heard that you were living well But you don't look like you're living to me Though the sparkle is gone place so that everyone watching the got all convinced that I know so well that you could list your friends but you can't count on them hold now you got everyone
0: the call is coming from the masturbating man in the bushes on this track because it has such stalker vibes. I heard that you were home again but you don't look like you're back to me.
2: Your gaze is transfixed on a point that I can't often see. You read this as a stalker song. I read this as a Chris Caraba has switched to hitting on depressed girls because that's easier for him.
0: Okay, see, but the line you cut me off before really seems like you're about to be bound and gagged because it's, you've got your new ties, I've got my old knots. You're so beautiful when you've convinced yourself that no one else is quite as beautiful.
2: I heard that you were living well, but you don't look like you're living to me. Through the sparkle is gone, your ma- your smile is in place, so that everyone watching will see. This is the weirdest song, because we've had songs that's like, narrative song, which is like, oh, there is this girl who's pretty, but also she's depressed. But most of the time, when you write a song like this, you don't then follow it with so you should fuck me, so you should feel better. <laughs> like, it's fine to write a song about a depressed girl so the depressed girl will relate to it. But you don't explicitly try to hit on her on the song. That's terrible. That's not how song writing works. Uh, I I don't know why this was popular. This is a very nagging song. It, yeah. And again, I'm not talking about morally, because Chris Carabba, by all accounts, seems like a dude who has not done anything evil in his life. He seems like a just too normal, probably decent dude. But his songs come out really bad. His songs come out really from a really... It That's not how love songs work, dude. Your master is successful, so you're doing something right. I just don't know what. Because that's against every fucking conceit on how to write this kind of song.
0: I think I've mentioned before the interview with a rapper talking about the 90s change, where you had Biggie coming out. And he said, Biggie was a real weird thing to hit that, because prior to this, you had acts like NWA and Public Enemy, where you were talking about horrible things that happened and you were talking about them with rage in your voice the actual emotions they made you feel and Biggie comes around and is talking about yo girl I'm gonna beat the shit out of you in the smoothest possible voice and that's what got him to the top of the charts and
2: this is the white boy version of that also last note on the song I'm gonna take the coda of this song and just throw it in the trash the coda of this song is terrible let's go to hate girl.
1: Hey girl, you got a smart way about you. It makes me wish that I was smart enough for you. Hey girl, you got a Theory, no on we live, like it's the
0: So I kept getting pizza ads on this record, but for all sorts of different chains. No less than five different pizza companies. And I bring that up because do you know how bland and banal this track is that a quintet of pizzerias was worth four notes?
2: Uh, there's another song just relentlessly trying to hit on a girl with the most, like, looser energy possible. And there's not much else to say. It has incredible looser energy on this one. The song sounds like 90s alternative for some reason, which is fine. It's sort of adjacent to what it does. And actually, tune-wise, this is not one of the worst songs, but god... Let's look at some of the lyrics. Because it's already called Hey Girl, which is, like, dude messaging you on, like, a dating app, in the, with the most, like, bland opening possible. So it's like, so what, your fr- so what if your friends think I'm crazy? Well, I wasn't trying to impress those girls anyway. They're all theory, no action. Where I'm from, we live, like, it's the latest attraction. It's like, dude, that's incredibly lame. It's also very also, funny. Don't, don't, if you're hitting on someone, don't insult her friends she likes her friends that's why they're friends don't insult her I mean that's
0: half this back chunk of the album is straight up him saying can't trust your friends you can only trust this dick girl (laughs) it is straight up you don't need those people
2: come with me come with me to this dark basement Hey girl, you've got a fine laugh and I think that I can get used to that. Like, dude, that's incredibly lame. Especially when you and follow... You, oh, oh, oh! Yeah. And you're already used to laughing at me. I was gonna to say, change. why did you okay. stop before that line? <laughs> because I forgot! Because my brain erased that line because it's so bad. But then, once again,
0: his use of metaphor would work better if he was a more competent songwriter, but Something that he thinks is deep sounds like murder when you get to the complimentary bit. Hey, girl, you've got a short fuse, and I've got designs on lighting you up and setting you off and watching you burn for me. Maybe you could have left that last line
2: off. <laughs> uh, any any good annotations before we move on to the final song?
0: Oh, 1000%. Because...
2: Wait, final two songs? How much do we have left?
0: We have two more. Uh. Absolutely. The best annotation on this is there's the repeated bit from the chorus. Go on, go on. Your cruel intentions won't solve your problems, etc. Everyone's got to get bottomed out in the long run. And those are the times you need love. Now, there's a way you can phrase that that sounds like Oh, yeah, he's he's trying to say he'll stick by. or their's. Despite causing him pain, he won't give up. And when she's feeling at her lowest, he'll be there for her.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the dude writing the nose is definitely a serial killer.
0: Um.
2: Speaking of serial killing,
0: track 12. If you can't leave it be might as well make it bleed.
2: Disappointment because this sounds like a fucking. If Fallout Boy had a song with this title, you would be expecting a banger. This is like one of those weird Fallout Boy early era song names, and then it's just like awful. It's just like whisper, this, this awful ASMR whisper, like incredibly boring. I don't have anything to say about this song. I was just getting excited for a second because the title sounds like a Fallout Boy song. Who are they're also like incel sounding, but they're good at it. Where is your boy tonight? I hear he is a gen. I hope he is a gentleman. Maybe he won't find out where I know. You are the best thing about this part of town. That's an incredibly incel lyric, but at least that's a rocking tune. At least they have like a really good drummer and some good guitars, and uh, Patrick Stamp is like an incredibly talented vocalist for the genre he is. If you, if you have to be an info, put a good fucking tune behind it.
0: Well, I think we've got our quote for the week. This is the best title on the album, save maybe the last one. But it's him trying to be hard, which comes off as a sort of I'm going to Ojo-sama laugh at him behind my hand <laughs> hearing it. Yep. Fair. Never saw it coming, did you? It's easy to be surprised with both your eyes sewn closed. Handled with great precision, another faultless execution. You're the subject of this exhibition. A willing cadaver, a willing cadaver.
2: scalped, sutured, made whole again. If if Alkaline Trio sang this, they would sing it with a very punk tongue-in-cheek tone, and it would be great. But Chris Carabba is singing this with the most incredibly, just like, genuine thoughts behind it and it's terrible
0: halfway through this track i wrote the note jrpg update harriet i just killed a kid and i had oh it's okay it was a mercy it was hell Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and uh i do have to say there's something about the fact that there's a single annotation on this one and it's from two years ago and it's just the line "Call off the quarantine" has been called off, with the annotation "lol yeah," and nobody has contested <laughs> this. Dashboard confessional fans, reminder: someone was writing notes on these songs thirty days ago.
2: They're anti-quarantine, which also remind me the that one uh, I don't know how, but they found me found me song mm-hmm. they released before COVID, which had the the great line, "Baby, you're a holy quarantine." and, you know, which became funny because then COVID happened. But the song was written just before COVID. It's true. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. It's Cluster Hug. Darling, you're a holy quarantine. New romantic Philistine. Oh, we can turn around. We can burn this town to ash. It's a good line. Finally, we end with several ways to die trying. Scribes ourselves trying to talk about this record. <laughs> oh.
0: See, I think the line that describes us trying to talk about this is, Oh, how we've shouted, how we've screamed, but all our fears fall on deaf ears.
2: I have no comments on the song. I just wrote no as my only note for this.
0: It is the longest track on the record, but nothing really happens with it. And the lyrics almost seem like they're trying to convince you desperately that there's anything to this song. We We are intriguing. We are desirable.
2: They're not. Can we go to the... Can we end this? (laughs) I suppose...
0: You didn't listen to the UK bonus tracks?
2: I suppose, yeah. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. Never mind. What's the UK bonus tracks? Quick, 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 quick. Okay,
0: 14 is This Old Wound. I didn't listen to it. 15 is The End of an Anchor.
2: I didn't listen to it. We didn't listen to the UK bonus tracks they weren't on spotify i think
0: i also didn't see them on the
2: uh
1: youtube
2: final thoughts this is a really bad record i need to release listen the past dashboard confessional record the one we did before this episode, i remember because us I getting give...
0: about this angry at the first one
2: the first one, I gave it a 2 out of 5. And that seems generally, compared to this, I, I was looking at my rating music, I gave a 2 out of 5 at the first one. Which is bad, of course, that's not a good record. But, I'm, I, I don't remember that record, but I'm, I'm, I'm angrier at this record, that I'm, uh, that, I'm angrier than the rating that I would consider a 2 at this record. So I need to re-listen to this, and, figure out, was that record better, or was I just more naive at the time? Yeah, no, this is terrible. Because it's like, where are you coming through it? For the emotions? Um, Chris Caraba, I don't think he's a very good singer, I don't think he has a, very emotion, a lot of emotion in his voice. Like, there is the joke that a lot of emo is like terrible singers, like shouting their heart out and having like, really emotional singing. Chris Caraba is, can, doesn't manage to do that ex- um, in any effective way for me. I find his voice mostly off-putting. He has, like, three party tricks he does with his voice, and they're all, like, baffling, and they end up being funny rather than emotional in any way. Like, the fucking singer from Captain Jazz, which is one of the greatest and originators of the emo as in emotional hardcore movement, couldn't sing for shit, but, like, he did it in a cool way. He did it, like, in a way that was, like resonant and felt almost like post This dude can sing for shit and does it in a way that just sort the funny. So, you don't you're not sorry. You're not coming in for the emotion. Are you coming in for the tunes, for the pop tunes? I think this record is severely lacking in pop tunes. Most of the songs are delivered almost atonally. The the They clearly want you to listen to the emotions and the songwriting, so you're not there for the tunes. Are you here for the songwriting? The songwriting is horrible. The songwriting is everything that you shouldn't do in a love song, and it's all love songs, all the way down, all terrible, insily, sort of pathetic love songs. And even if you want a pathetic love song, there's better ones. I... Teenage Dirtbag, I, it's not a song I particularly enjoy, blows out of the water every single song of this record. Teenage Dirtbag meets Chris Carabba on the same field that he's playing, and it's just, like, better in any way. Just listen to that specific song, if you're into Dashboard Confessional, I guess. I don't get it. I don't get what people found in this. It's baffling to me. It's incredibly baffling, because... It's not attractive in any way. Like, the dude, the dude... And the dude is fine! Like, the, he seems like... I'm not attacking Chris Caraba as a human being. By all account, he seems like a... relatively fine dude. But when he song writes, he comes off as the worst fucking most pathetic insult ever! Which is incredible, and baffling, and confusing. I really dislike this record. I don't understand this record, and it scares me. So by the
0: annotations and the fan stuff we've seen, these people do seem to love the lyricism. The writing of Chris Caraba.
2: We we talked about Thursday yesterday. How does this writing compare to Jeff Greekly's writing Simon?
0: Oh! I did not feel any emotion save rage and a little disgust at the Dashboard Confessional album. At one point, during the sequence of events I played, I read a long scene in the JRPG I was playing that was brutal emotionally. It had been translated from another language, it was nothing but words, no voice, little bit of music and it hit me with more emotional fury than an entire Dashboard Confessional album. I felt sick after that scene, and it was still more pleasant than listening to A Mark, A of a, a Scar. My partners do not usually pay much attention to the work I do for this podcast. When I said, Hey, you mind if I put the record for this week on? And they went, Who is it? And I said, Dashboard Confessional. It was instantly shot down. Most of the time, they don't remember names of these bands unless they knew them. But turns out, just playing Screaming Infidelities for them once was enough that they never wanted to hear this group again.
2: And Screaming Infidelity is one of the best songs by them.
0: Yeah. Would it, would, do you agree, right? That's yeah, one of put the... that in your pipe and
2: smoke it. And again, this is not... There's a difference between this record and something like Now You See Inside, Barrester 71, which is just, like, just bad, like... Or even uh, Sugarcoat, the record really by Sugarcoat, which I think was just insufferable. Like, this is just buffening to a lot of it. Like, I... If I was... Here's the thing. If I was listening to this without paying attention, I wouldn't like it, but I wouldn't particularly care. Like, the voice of the dude might be a bit funny, to be fair, because he does funny voices, but the lyrics are baffling and when you pay attention to the whole record, it's baffling, and I think, overall, once you pay attention to this record, I cannot say anything positive about it.
0: (sighs) It's very hard to find a good thing, because my favorite tracks are the ones where he stopped singing the longest
2: the f- so i'm going i'm going i'm going i'm going to also add this the first two tracks had more of a rock feeling had more of a full band sound and they were an improvement i feel even though they fell in a lot of the pitfall of uh, of dashboard Confessional, they were an improvement and then the rest of the record is more acoustic shit so, I don't know. Maybe at some point they start doing more full band shit and uh, I can get less angry at them. But look, I like um Taking Back Sunday. I like Taking Back Sunday which have incredibly scab lyrics. We talked about this. I like Fallout Boy who have like baffling weird lyrics most of the times. Lyrics don't have to be everything that you do. Don't define your song. You can have horrible lyrics and still make good songs. Because that's not the only aspect of a song in that matter. The problem with Dashboard Confessional is that their whole songwriting, in terms of melody and structure, is about the lyrics, right? The whole project is about making you listen to Chris Caraba's lyrics and his screams. And that's the problem. And that's why we focus a lot on the lyrics in this, because the music itself focuses on the lyrics. There is not really a lot of pop choruses. There is not really a lot of, like, musicality in it. It's basically a singer-songwriter record, it's a singer-songwriting record with terrible lyrics. I wouldn't be so hard on it if it actually at least had some good tunes. And in fact, the in fact the songs where I found some decent tunes in it, like the first two, and the other one that I liked, are the ones that I'm more kind on because there's something else that I can pay attention to, and there's something that works at least. And that's said, this is my thought. I am, I I, I hate coming off as the angry. Person who hates everything. Ellie. I I, I don't like it, but this baffled me. Ellie. I had trouble finding anything interesting to say about this. You
0: can't play the I don't want to be angry about this card when a track is literally a demo and that track is on their greatest hits album. They're that proud of this. You get to be angry when you just... When you drop your pants in front of a crowd and go, oh yeah, do you like this dick?
2: Do you like it? And you have just completely owned gold that hard. We're starting to talk about dicks, therefore I think it's fine for us to end this episode.
0: (laughs) Okay, next week we're doing sugar cults, palm trees, and power lines.
2: Are we? (laughs) No, that is actually skipping. No, we're doing Cohen and Cambria next week. Yeah, Sam's was... gonna be on it. It's gonna be fun. I know, I just
0: had to do something. We're to gonna have a British
2: part. person on the podcast. <laughs> episode, you can as always find us at getoutofthestown.com where you can find other episodes of the podcast where maybe I'm less angry and psychotic about a record from 20 years ago. Listen to the Thursday album. Listen to the Thursday podcast and then listen to the Thursday album that was an excellent record. Yeah, and you can email us, you can tell us wonderful things, or insult us if you're a Chris Carabba fan. Or if you're Chris Carabba, you can insult us. Allowed. You can go on all of the places where you listen to podcasts like Spotify, iTunes, well, it's Apple Podcasts now. It's not called iTunes anymore, because times change. If you have Apple podcast, or even if you don't have it, please download it and leave a nice, nice review for us. If you're one of the, like, ten people who listen to us, please leave us a review. Please leave us a nice review. We're gonna read it on air, if you leave it to us. Thanks. And that's it. Do you have anything to plug, Simo? You can find me and all of my works and projects at hellscaper.com. And you can as always find me at ACC the moon. and if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but there's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. The shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fracking friends, I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. When somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in his business jeopardizes the first million dollar podcast this podcast ever drawn off of my back, and goes on national television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry, it's a disgrace to this company, and I were far beyond apologies. I gave him a fucking chance, it did not get handled, and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to this fucking level, but that's where we're at right now, reviewing Dashuper Confessional. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.
1: What's on your mind? Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my friend. like a pop pocket Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.